When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Enjoy a weed-free summer at the lake, courtesy of Aquaside. One easy application of Aquaside pellets can eliminate weeds and lake muck. Aquaside has been trusted by hundreds of thousands of lake homeowners since 1960. Neglecting aquatic weeds can hamper recreational activities like swimming and boating. Lake weeds can also provide breeding habitats for insects. Make your lakeshore beautiful this summer with Aquaside. Call 1-800-328-9350 or go to Aquaside.com. My favorite, it's Judd's Hockey Show. That's right, we are back. We are back because the rookies are going to be on the ice next week. Training camp starts towards the end of this month. I think it's around the 21st. Everyone's going to be on the ice at uh, Tria Rink for the Wild. Zolgad and Declan Goff, you've been demanding the return of Judd's Hockey Show. And after... Oh. I've been Too demanding it. So I, it's more. It wasn't been not a demand on no, your not end. You. No, not you. That the the Twitter world has been. Demanding. Oh, the Twitter world. I was going to say. A, yeah, you you being the you being our loyal viewers and listeners who we yes. appreciate so much. Not you, Declan. I've been waiting for Billy Guerin to you know make make a move. I, that's what I've been waiting for to give me one last little taste mm. before training camp. As we, you know, mm. we finish up on the links here, Judd Zolgad. You know, I there there's. Golf season is still in, the, in, in full effect. Training camps around the corner. It seems a little more something to talk about here. It's been an up and down off season. I thought it was gonna be a little bit more entertaining than it was, but in general, it's obviously been still a pretty decent off season. Yeah, it has been a little bit quieter that, than we expected. Uh, the Kirill Kaprizov contract still not done yet. I think we are inching closer and closer because uh, the KHL season has started. It started September first. He's not going back there, so he has one option basically which is to sign here and play for the wild but let's do this let's delve into okay. the world of let's delve into the wild depth chart and one position in particular because i think this is the place where we're surprised that more was not done mm-hmm. um and that is at the center spot okay declan goff the center spot was one where we started we started the offseason with visions of eichel dancing in our heads <laughs> would they trade for jack eichel and then we dumbed it down to, well, it's not probably not going to be Eichel, but what about Christian Dvorak? Or what about Thomas Hurdle of the San Jose Sharks? Well, Christian Dvorak was traded this week to the Montreal Canadiens by the Coyotes. It was well known he was going to be dealt. And the Coyotes got a pretty damn good return, a first and second round draft pick for a guy who is certainly solid, but not a star player. I want to start with this, Dex. I've got a list in front of me of the guys on the Wilds' current um roster that is on their website at wild.com okay of guys who, are, who they're listing at center okay dan myers front of the show putting this together i'm guessing too right because it's it's the roster itself so it might be the personnel folks mm-hmm. but yes um and what's 
interesting about this is this is the roster that when they take the ice late this month for the start of training camp, almost certainly is going to be the centers who will be out there. And, and from this, they're obviously going to have to pick four. But what makes it more intriguing is the names, or should I say the lack of names. All right, I'll start at the top alphabetically, and then we'll get into a couple that are interesting. Okay. Nick Bukestead is still listed as a center. Now, I think he's a wing. I don't think he's a center. Can he take some face-offs? Yes. Can he play there occasionally? Yes. Do I think that he is a he is a guy that's going to make the roster? Yes. Do I think he is a center? Absolutely not. What do you think? I don't think he's a center, no. I think he's a, a fine de- – he can play fourth-line center. How about that? He can play fourth-line center, and I want him to do nothing more with that. But he's mostly yeah, a wing. And- and he can take a face off, but I mean, he's sure. not a guy that he's not a guy that I I would say privately where the, the wild has their own depth chart on well, right. a computer or a chalkboard decks. Yep. I think that's a wing. Yeah, I think he's a fourth line wing type of guy. I agree. OK, I'm going to blow through the next two because I don't think that they have a chance to make the club um, short of spectacular training camps. Uh, guy that played in four games for the wild last season, 28 year old jo- uh, Joseph Cramarosa. And the next one is a third-round pick in 2018. He spent the last two years with the Iowa Wild, 22-year-old Connor DeOr. I think both those guys are be a training camp probably. I don't yeah, think they'll make it out of training camp. Their bodies. They're just they're, their bodies. Okay. Their bodies with skates. Yep. The next one is currently a guy that signed a contract extension um, in the past couple months and currently your best center, Yule Erickson Eck. Mm-hmm. The next one I have highlighted as a guy I think makes the roster probably um 28 year old frederick goudreau who played in 19 games and scored two goals for the penguins last year um everson is very familiar with him from their time together in milwaukee when goudreau was in the nashville predator system i think he's got a good chance to make the opening night roster or a chance um but it doesn't really excite me Uh, uh, he'll make the roster for sure um where he dresses and where he falls on opening night is a little up for debate. He makes the roster, I think, 100%, to be honest. Um, mm-hmm. He had some chemistry and some time with Fiala when the both of them were in Nashville about three years ago. And there was some you know, discussion of, well, you know, in a limited sample size, they played well together, but they like literally shared the ice for 55 minutes. Uh, my long-winded way is no, doesn't really excite me. Uh, a, a, a decent depth guy. But again, that's the ceiling. He's a depth guy. Can he win some faceoffs? Probably that that type of thing. Right. Okay. Uh, going through the rest of what the Wild has on their website at center: Victor Rask, Ugh. who right now would make the team. Yep. Kyle Rao, who right now, in my opinion, the team, and Nico Sturm, who had 11 goals and 17 points in 50 games last year. I thought he played well. He makes the team for sure. Uh, two interesting things. One is one is um, something I question what the intent was, and one is no surprise. Okay. First one, Ryan Hartman right now listed as right wing, mm-hmm. not center, mm-hmm. although I think he's got a chance. Although the way that Bill Guerin talks, he sort of liked him there. So I wouldn't dismiss him as, as battling. And, and I don't know that Victor Rask is a slam dunk to be on this team, uh, but I would, I would say this about Hartman. I wouldn't dismiss him as an option if the wild doesn't like how training camp is going they plugged hartman in at center 
Yeah. He played okay. He's not he's, great he's there, fine. but he played but he's serviceable there. Yeah. And then and and then here's the wild card and here's here's the most important path that I think we could possibly go down when we're talking about why the wild did not make more of a splash move for a guy like Christian Dvorak. And that is, although he is not on the roster officially yet, Marco Rossi, who I have become convinced they are going to give every chance to make the opening night roster and who I've become convinced they think can step in immediately, despite the fact that he missed almost the entirety of last season because of COVID complications and play on a nightly basis and actually ascend the depth chart fairly quickly. I don't know if it's smart or not, but that's what I've become convinced of with the lack of a move. I think the lack of the moves basically point to the fact that, yes, he'll probably make the roster. My my thing is, is Garen was hesitant to give Matthew Boldy um, time in the playoffs. He was hesitant to call him up in general. So with Rossi going through this off-the-ice issue with his health, you, are mm-hmm. you really just going to throw him to the Wolves and in the NHL? I now, I think in general, I'd rather see him be getting minutes than Frederick Goudreau and Nick Bukestad and even Ryan Hartman for that matter. Um, Victor Rask, in my opinion, is, is a slam dunk to make this team unless he's traded. You know, like Victor right. Rask is going to be probably your one or That's two center. That's what I was saying. Um, unless you can trade him, right. So uh, Marco Rossi basically fits into that. I just, Garen has yet to really show that he wants to give prospects basically the entire ice and say, here it is, here's your opportunity. Now, if he impresses, great, but... I'm going to have to wait and see on that. I just, I don't know if they're going to do it. I agree with what I agree with everything you said. Here's my thought process now. And it, I don't know it's right for sure, but I have this feeling. Uh, I think Boldy and Rossi are different and this might be right. It might be wrong. It might be fair. It might not be fair based on the positions they play Declan. Uh, Centers are so hard to find. And if you've got one that you think is good, I think there's more, uh, immediate expectation that you can't afford to suppress that player. Now, I would have had Boldy in the playoffs. I would have personally, I, I don't, I saw enough from him to at least want to see in a very, in the very competitive atmosphere of the playoffs, what he could do at wing. They clearly disagreed with that. Uh, but I think when you're starting a season, and again, it's position scarcity, there's a lot of wingers. There's not a lot of guys who are good, especially really good at center. I think Rossi's opportunity might be determined by the position he plays and the Wilds need there. Again, I'm not defending it and saying that's right. It's just the feeling I'm getting. Yeah, I, I get it. And from a cost and cat friendly standpoint, they they almost have to play these centers right away. I mean, they 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 obviously can wait to go down the road, but they're basically going to be making chump change for the next two to three seasons. And then even on their next bridge deal, they're not still probably will not break the bank unless they are, you know. Kirill Kaprizov level good, which I don't believe even with Rossi and Boldy having pedigrees are going to be ascending to that level. Um, That's the 100th percentile level. But um, I I get why Marco Rossi has every opportunity to make the roster. I'm curious if he does. I would honestly say it's 50-50. And I wouldn't be surprised if he makes it and he's possibly a healthy scratch every once in a while. I I don't know what they want to do with him. I don't know if they want to send him to Iowa to get him all those minutes and and have him be playing top line minutes in Iowa, or if they'd rather have him here and have him being plugged and played in situations that work best for him. I understand why sending him to Iowa is maybe the smarter move to have him consistent top line minutes, but I can also see a case why Bill Garrett says, no, I kind of want him here in the event we need to play him right away. 
I think in training camp, he's going to get every chance possible to prove that he belongs here. Um, I give him a 75% chance. Now, if he comes to training camp and looks weak and has a bad camp, he'll be gone. But if he comes to training camp and, and looks like he fits in, he makes it. And I don't think that there's as much concern. So, because that, that's what's weird about this conversation, Dex, when you get back to the whole Boldy thing, right? It's like, why didn't he play in the playoffs? Why not, you know, get him an ex- It's not like your your depth wingers were so good that, that you were like, well, we basically got Gretzky playing here. They and played Gordy Kyle Rau over him. Right, exactly. So so I understand what we're talking about is confusing, but that's why I've started to become convinced that this might have to do with the position that you play. But I think Marco Rossi is going to get every opportunity on God's green earth to prove himself. And if he looks like he can play, I think he plays opening night. Um, and then we'll go from there. Cause if he struggles, I mean, you can't just keep playing them or you probably don't. Uh, and that also pivots to a time where you might have to start talking about making the trade that they didn't make this summer for uh, a potential center. Let's get back to Dvorak though. Yeah. When you saw the price for Christian Dvorak going to Montreal, first and second round pick going to the coyotes. Is that a trade that you would have made at this particular time? <laughs> Yes, I, I would have made that trade. Um, I wonder what the offer was pre this draft because the Wild had two picks. The Wild had a bunch of picks in the first three rounds. They obviously still have a first round pick next year. Not to not to uh, um, dissect your question, but if I could have gone back and had this same trade offer the night of the draft or the day leading up to the draft, I think it's a no brainer to pull the trigger on it. Um, it uh, I get that Chuck Fletcher has punted on a bunch of first-round picks. Garen's been adamant that he wants to build through the draft. That's the right process. We all we all know how to build an NHL team and how to build any team. It's through your draft. Um, but you're making a big, big-time gamble that when you're returning now to the regular Central Division and you overachieved a little bit last year and you're just waiting and waiting and waiting for the, the right player or the right compensation – I think for someone like Christian Dvorak, who's making like four and a half million dollars for the next four seasons, and last year really started to came into his come into his own and was posting a career high across the board in statistics and is still 25, 26 years old. I don't really see how you weren't able to make that trade. Um, I get the Jack Eichel price. I get the Thomas Hurdle price. Um, Bill Guerin has said that, look, if I can just wave my white, my magic wand and find a number one center, I would. People need to understand that finding a number one center is next to impossible. Totally understand where Billy's coming from there and any NHL executive for that matter. I don't think missing out on this trade shipwrecks the wild season by any means. It doesn't make me uh, think, oh, that, that season's in the can. But if we get about a month in and it gets to Thanksgiving time or gets to the holiday time when really things start to set in the NHL, uh, if your center position is not satisfied, then I, I, I will play revisionist history and say, well, Christian Dvorak probably was the right guy to trade for. If he goes, if he's put on this team, he gets to play with either Kirill Kaprizov or Kevin Fiala. Let's be honest. Arizona actually has some pretty decent depth at center, but Bill the Thrill, uh, Bill Kessel, that is, is not necessarily the player he used to be. You put him in Minnesota, and he has his number one wing right beside him, and either Kirill Kaprizov or Kevin Fiala, if not both of them, possibly playing on the same line around the power play. I, I really think that this was the perfect type of trade to do. And even if after the draft of the fact, if you had to give up next year's first and a conditional second in the 2024 draft, I still think you would have done it. Um, I, I, think it's, I think it's a missed opportunity for the Wild, and it's, it's a gamble that, to your point, that Rossi and Boldy probably have the higher up to make this roster. 
and Bill Guerin wasn't able to make that price. You, you can't, you just can't assume that every draft pick you have in the first round is going to turn into a superstar. The majority of them aren't. So I, I really think, to me, missed opportunity to not trade for Christian Dvorak. Okay, so what if I present it this way? The Wild gets off to a good start, or they're they're an extremely competitive team, which they could be, mm-hmm. and and we get uh, into the dead of winter, and then towards the trade deadline. And you can make the exact same trade for Hurdle because the Sharks are going to be bad. And you can make a trade for him. Now, he is a pending UFA, so he's gone probably or almost because cap-wise, if you're the Wild, you can't afford with where you're going to be starting in 21-22 to keep him. Would you make that trade? Because I do believe that Hurdle's a better player than Dvorak. Like, oh, like yeah. if I could have, yeah. and if and if you could have one for a potential playoff run and, and plug him in, I think Hurdle's the better player. So if that if that opportunity comes, one, do you make the trade, and two, do you consider that actually to be a, a better use of your assets in trying to go for it? Because the Wilds in this really odd position decks because mm-hmm. they've got some cap room right now. Like they've got flexibility, they can do things. But that just that door suddenly just shuts in uh, 2021-22. So I do think the shocks, the shocks, what am I from Boston? The sharks, that is, would would come back and say they need a little bit more from that. But to answer your question, if it was just a a first and a second, let's just in 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 our fantasy fantasy world, right, or a a mid-tier prospect that they want back as well, um, I probably still do that. Uh, I think fans need to understand that when you're entering this cap hell that the Wild are in, uh, and if you're not able to re-sign Thomas Hurdle, who you who you just pointed out is a UFA at the end of yep. this calendar season, and you couldn't re-sign him, I'm sure you couldn't. I I don't think you can either. He's going to ask for seven to eight at least. Um, I probably do the trade if that's the exact compensation of first and a conditional second in a future draft. Yeah, I probably do it. I probably do it to put you over the top. Um, Thomas Hurdle is a better player than Christian Dvorak. And if the Wild are good right now and you see a window to make it to the Stanley Cup, you do it. Uh, and Bill Guerin has to know like how weird this is. Uh, he has a year here to sort of just like push all his chips in, and then he's got to sort of bail out a little bit. And, right. and I, I mean, that's apparent, and that's really, really unusual. So I got to think that there's another plan here. Um, if If Rossi has a great camp, and let's say he's good. Let's say he's really good. Your problem is not completely solved, but it's pretty much solved. If he's not good and your team, or, or I shouldn't say that, if he's not ready yet and your team is clearly set uh, to be successful, then I think you do have to sort of pivot and say, we're going to have to make a trade I really don't wa- don't want to make for a guy like Hurdle who can at least step in for the rest of this season and help carry us. Yeah. I mean, they've got to know that. It's just so readily apparent. Yeah, it's it's just a big assumption to make that Rossi and Boldy are going to step in here and be A1 contributors. They might contribute. I'm not saying that they'd right. be a disaster, uh, but it takes time for guys to blossom. Kirill Kaprizov came into this league because he had five years' experience in the KHL and was already a professional hockey player. Marco Rossi really hasn't played organized hockey in almost, yeah, over a year now. And it's just... When you see a window, you have to attack it. And you can't assume that windows are just open for three to five years, and that goes to every no, Minnesota sports team. But they team. know that. And especially the they Wild. They know that. Yeah. They know, they, they know exactly that, that they have one year where 
I don't know if it's it's wide open and I consider them to be a top Stanley Cup contender. I really don't. But they have one year with some financial flexibility, with some good players. Um, I think on Dvorak, here's my guess. I think on Dvorak, what they said was, okay, if we trade a first and second for him, he's a nice player. Um, but is he like discernibly better from Ericsson Eck? Like, is he a million steps up or a lot of steps up? And they came away saying, no, he's not, which leads me to believe that if Rossi isn't the player that they expect him to be or want him to be yet, that there's something else on the back burner as far as in-season trades go. Yeah. Because Hurdle would, if you could get him and plug and look, the the race for him among contenders at the deadline will be pretty intense. So it's not a slam dunk. But if you could get him and plug him in, I think you, I think you say depth chart-wise, Dex, He's my one. Like yeah, he's, there's no, de- he's an there's no debate. He's a, he's a number one I, center. I think that the, I think that the Vorak conundrum was, he's really not your a one. He's an improvement on a lot of guys that you've got, but this goes back to our twins conversation so many times about ace pitchers. Cause it's not like you can just go find one. And that's Garen's yeah. point, I think. Um, so I'm just trying to, I'm trying to think through, it feels like they have something else in mind here that we're not seeing um, and that we just all thought, oh, they're, they're going to get a guy and, you know, Dvorak might come here. Uh, Hurdle, my guess is the Sharks are going to hold on to him as long as possible because that's going to drive the value there. There's something else at work here, I think, that we don't see yet clearly, and that might be it. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, it is what, what's going on. Uh, it's, it's a big assumption and gamble that, that they have the right pieces in place in Boldy and Rossi. It could be something where by the trade deadline that they can find someone uh, I'm curious how it how it goes there, but I just ugh. you need someone else down the middle, and yeah, you you can't just acquire number one ace out of the thin air, or number one center out of thin air. But Christian Dvorak becomes your number one center on this team if he's acquired today. He would be your number right. one center, and just assume that Victor Rask, who yeah played admirably for Victor Rask over the over this last shortened season, right. I just. It's another assumption to assume he's going to be that same player or, or better. It's, it's it's even a larger assumption to assume that. So I, I think it's a missed opportunity. I'm still looking forward to the wild season. I, I, I'm i more curious on the development of Rossi and Boldy than I am of missing out on Christian Dvorak for sure. But it, it is a trade that that I probably would have made if I was playing armchair GM. If Rossi develops like that they think that he might and, and he steps in immediately, they, they look very smart. Yeah. If he doesn't, they have to make a move. Yeah, And I think it's that simple. And because of the fact that I'd prefer pursuing Hurdle to Dvorak, if that's what you do and you can win those sweepstakes, which again, won't be, that, that's going to be really competitive, um, then you've done a pretty good job. If you haven't, it's a misstep. And the problem that makes this even more um, confounding is the fact that, again, you have a one-year opportunity here. So this is not like you can be like, oh, we'll come back and get them next year. The next few years after this are going to be very different financially. And, and, you know, then if, if Rossi develops slowly and it takes some time, he could be the answer gradually, but I don't think you're going to really be pursuing a Stanley cup in two years. No, I don't think you're going to have the opportunity to, I think you can be pursuing at least a playoff run this year. Um, I've got one more for you before we wrap up here. Joe's hockey show. Where where do you stand on the whole very now convoluted Eichel situation? Uh well, I know he changed camp starting. Yep. 
soon. And and the, oh, and by the way, the league got involved. He changed agents, and the and, and the league's like trying to facilitate to help out here because yeah. he's a star player. Yes, and nothing's happened. Yes, he, he changed representation. Uh, he wants the hell out of there. I don't blame him. Uh, I, <laughs> Buffalo clearly isn't going to get what they want for him, which is those you know three or four first round picks and and a top prospect in return. Um, for God's sakes, they gave a, a one first round pick and a prospect for Sam Reinhart. Another trade I would have done if I was the Minnesota Wild to Florida on draft night. I would have done that trade as well. Um, with Jack Eichel, the price is going to come down. It's obvious it's going to come down. The problem is, is this dude still hasn't had the surgery. And and I do blame the Sabres for that. This is not an Eichel problem. This is a Sabres problem. The Buffalo Sabres, who are trying their very, very best to clean up that franchise and return it to what it was 20 years ago, they are screwing this kid over. And and, and this new GM might be an, uh, a good hockey sense person and might be looking to turn this organization around, but I, I'm, I'm going to continue to say it. This organization is a bunch of buffoons. And they're screwing over one of the best players in the NHL. And if the Wild can swoop in and out, get him for a discounted price, great. I'm all for it. Um, but I, I just I can't really look at the Sabers right now and have a whole lot of respect for them for what they're doing. Yeah, they're not well run. No, I, they're they're they're. I don't know if their current executive staff is good, but the Pagulas, as much good as the Pagulas have done in owning the Bills, and look, it's been great. Yeah. Uh, they own the Sabres, too, and the Sabres are just a dumpster fire, and it's a complete mess. And, yeah, they are literally now going to be holding a, a marquee star player hostage. And I don't know why, and I don't know where he's going, but the fact that they still can't decide on on the fact that Eichel wants to have a procedure done that I don't think an NHL player has ever had done, right. and the Sabres are like, well, just rest, and now we don't know if he's going to just rest, and we don't know if he's going to play. It's ridiculous. Um I would say that at the end of the day, their asking price is still going to be too high that the a team like the wild wouldn't do it. But yeah, it's, it's unfortunate because Jack Eichel is one of the players that we want to watch and see play. And he is just basically in Siberia as far as the uh, national hockey league goes. Okay. Well, one, one last thing here as I yeah. just, I, I come up with this idea, uh, another, would you rather situation as you just kind of pointed out earlier when we were talking about Christian Dvorak. Let's say the price is the same because as the price, as time moves on, the price for Jack Eichel is going to go down. But eventually you will get him and he's going to be making $10 million against the cap for the next yeah. four years, five years. Problem. Yes. Thomas Hurdle is a UFA and you're going to have to roll the dice that he doesn't resign with you. But you could resign mm-hmm. him to, let's say, maybe not 10, but somewhere between seven and eight. Who would you rather have? Can I make the Eichel contract work after this season if I'm Bill Guerin? Because if I can make the contract, because if I can make the contract work long term, I'll take Eichel. Although I have major concerns about that neck problem, but I don't know enough about it yet to to officially write him off. Um, but I mean, if we're talking about get, if we're talking about getting a guy to make a run this year, it's probably hurdle because of the unknown with Eichel. So if I could make the $10 million contract work, have Eichel, and not completely cripple myself, which I feel like I would do financially, I'll take Eichel if the price is the same. But, I mean, that's the problem is, like, right now, it sounds like the price is still way too high. I don't know. It's it, it's a hockey thing that drives me nuts. <laughs> it is. Like, this is stupid. This is absolutely stupid to have a player. Like, let's get let's decide, is he going to have the surgery? Or is he not? And then let's get on with our lives and allow a guy who's a star player to potentially return. 
The clock's just ticking now and nothing's happening. I know, dude. It drives me nuts. It's a star player. It's inexcusable. Like, this is not a third-line guy who we don't care about. Okay, his life's impacted. That's too bad, but I don't really care that much. This is a this is one of your, like, ESPN should have this guy as part of their ad campaign. Right. And instead, you know, but yes, um, if I could make it work, I'll take Eichel. And if I, but if it's going to be short-term hurdle, because I don't know if, if Eichel can even play this year. How about you? I think... Just given the unknown with Eichel, I think I roll with Thomas Hurdle, and I know he's older. He's four or three years older than him. And he probably walks away. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't think you can afford to keep him. I think I think I roll with Hurdle. I think I just roll with Thomas Hurdle at that point. I would do that. I'd absolutely do that. You know, but I mean, I will say this. Hurdle's the type of guy. Did, did Chuck Fletcher ever get a guy like that? No. He, uh, his I mean, big, he got what's-his-face, Martin, Martin Hansel. Martin Hansel, right? and, and then the other and, ones and were, by, were bargain bins. And, by, and by, by the way... I like Christian Dvorak more, but I wonder if that if the Wilds brass looked at a trade like that Hansel trade because that was a pretty. I mean, they gave up a lot to get him. That was too much. He did nothing. They, yeah, too much. But I wonder if they looked at that trade and they're like, you know what? Again, it's well, not really a number one. It's not really a number but, one type of guy. But my to make a long episode longer, like the, you have to, you have to take risks. You have to, you have, I know, but you, you have to at the right time. The, 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 when right is the right time? Them. When is the right time? You're gonna miss you, sometimes. You're gonna make mistakes. Right. Don't be afraid if, to then make additions. But don't give up the collateral that you might have to get hurdle to get Dvorak. <sighs> and if Rossi develops, you're in. De- I get what the Wild's doing here. It's just that they're doing it in such a small window and time period that if they are wrong, that's the problem is um, this is not a, hey, in two years, it's going to be great. In two years, you're going to be so financially strapped, you can't even buy a newspaper. Yeah. So I, I'm not disagreeing completely. I'm just saying this is a very, very high stakes game of poker. It is. And you're going to be off that table no matter what very quickly. You're hitting if you against, screw it up, yeah. and if you screw it up, you're going to be, you know, um, the, the other thing. Oh, okay. I'm going to give you one last thought. Okay. I'm, I'm going to give you one final thought because I think it, I think it also might factor in. And, and I will bet that you will disagree completely with it. But okay. I think what they're factoring in is this one. After this year, let's be honest. Let's call a spade a spade. This team could be not good. Like you're so up against the cap. Mm-hmm. That this team, you are going to have very few options other than your young talent. So what if they're thinking, why do we want to give up first-round draft picks if those draft picks might be very high first-round draft picks? Which is why your point about the draft this year made way more sense Yes, when you would have known what you were giving up. But I'm saying, what if they're thinking now, well, if we give up, you know, if we're trading away future first-round draft picks in the next couple of years and we're bad, those are potentially lottery, top five, top ten yeah. picks. I'm just throwing out what all the scenarios might be because I don't know how many times we've had conversations that revolve around sort of knowing that you're going to very possibly get bad. Right. Right. I. I this is I, a big gamble, man. You're. This is this is a ridiculous gamble. So, I, and I'm excited for the wild. By the way, I know it sounds like I'm doom and gloom. Oh, I'm not doom and gloom. No hockey season. I'm. I, I'm all in. For all right. And by the way, I think. I think I did the math. Seven of, so pour your coffee too, but seven of the first, it's like 15 games are all 9.30 start, 9 o'clock or later starts. So, oh, you, Declan loves that. I'm okay That's with that. BS. I like that. Not, I, I like I that like, schedule. No, 
No, no. And then I don't play in February because of the Olympics. Well, that's done. I didn't even go off on my Olympic rant. We agree on that. I didn't go off on my Olympic. Oh, it's great for the sport. Don't care. You know what? Have another tournament in the summer. Don't care. Or don't have one at all. I'm here for the National Hockey League, not European hockey. You know who's going to star in in the Olympic Games? Granlund. You know who I don't care about? (laughs) Granlund, because he's not that great of an NHL player, okay? (laughs) So let him go back to Europe and play. I don't care. All right, we're done. Say your thing. Fast shoot score. Your dog is more than just your bestie with the cutest face ever. Get to know them on a genetic level with Embark Vet. Developed by veterinarians and PhDs, Embark screens for more than 215 genetic health risks across more than 350 breeds. It's top-notch science for your top-notch pup. Go to EmbarkVet.com and use promo code DNA, that's DNA, to get $60 off an Embark Breed and Health Kit or Purebred Kit with free shipping. That's promo code DNA to save today.